So, hey, folks, welcome back to all of us. And those of you who have all three of you who've listened to us, uh, here's our next podcast. And uh, we are here in Las Vegas, Nevada, on the patio of Starbucks again. And uh, it is December the 9th. And so as we think about December, obviously we think about Christmas. And so tonight, that's what this is going to kind of wrap around is, is Christmas. But we're looking at a scripture, passage of scripture in Titus chapter 2, 11 to 14. And uh, if you've listened to us before, we can go off track and we can start chasing uh, rabbit trails pretty easy. But uh, we want to uh, zero in on this passage of scripture and and uh, hear God's heart and his His message to us. And uh, But again, around the table today, we've got Corey, we've got Dylan, we've got Isaac, and then myself, Brian. And uh, so hope you're doing well. And, and we're jumping right in. Titus chapter 2, 11 to 14. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to go from there. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So, we're going to jump into that, and you may ask, well, how does that look at Christmas? That's not the Matthew narrative. That's not the Luke narrative. You're not talking about Jesus in a manger or anything like that, but we're talking about the result of Jesus coming. So that's what we want to look at. And I've got highlighted on our paper. We're looking at papers here for the grace of God. And I want to focus in on that word, uh, grace, and uh, go from there. So, gentlemen, man, when you think of the word grace, uh, what do you think about? And what do you hear when you hear the word grace that's used maybe in general? And, I, and specifically today, we're talking about scriptures and talking about in the context of, uh, of uh, God. So, um, but it says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. That's the first line in this passage. And for me, it carries a huge huge amount of weight and is part of the story, the gospel story. So jump in guys. And, and let's talk about that for the grace of God. Um, grace again, what does that word speak to you? What does that say? Um, what does that mean? I, I kind of look at it as forgiveness. Um, forgiveness and through that, you can reconnect with God. And he gives you that. He offers you that, um, that willingness to always come back. He's always there. He's always there knocking. But yeah, it's just, he's there for you. And you can mess up and be down, but, you know, through his grace... You're reconnected with him, and, and you know he that offer is always on the table. <clears throat> Good stuff. We have uh, some definitions printed out before us, 
but I don't want to get to that quite yet. Um, again, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So when you put those together, that first line, what is that saying? What, what, um, yeah, just simply, what is that saying? Or, or replace grace with, with what? Uh, for the grace of God has appeared. Those first seven letter words, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. For the grace of God has appeared. What does that say? God for salvation. It's appeared. Who is Titus referring to? Who or what is grace? Jesus. Jesus. Right. Right. And, and 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 God went out of His way to give us His grace. His grace, who is and which was wrapped up in His, his Son. His Son, Jesus. Jesus. For the grace of God has appeared. And I want to highlight and just say again in in the Judeo-Christian faith. This is the only belief system that shows and speaks to a God who is reaching out and coming after and engaging us. And so I want that to lay heavy on there. For the grace of God has appeared. Jesus has appeared. Grace. So uh, now let's look at some of these definitions of grace that are printed here. Um, anybody want to just highlight one that sticks out to you? Yeah, I guess go back to what I was saying, like mercy and pardon. Kind of goes back Good, to yeah. forgiveness. So, so replace the word grace in the scripture. Read it that way with that definition. Uh, with those like two words, with those for, two words that you just for, highlighted. For the mercy and pardon. For the mercy and pardon of God has appeared. Wow. That jumps out. I think that jumps out, man. It, 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 it adds depth to the whole passage of Scripture. For the mercy and pardon of God. Uh, mercy may not be one of your strengths or gifts. <laughs> Maybe some of you are kind of merciless. <laughs> you know? And... And I know that it's not one of my strong ones, um, but God has extended and shown mercy at the highest level. And that's why I, and it just, it changes everything. So the mercy and pardon of God has appeared that offers salvation. We got to get to that brief in a moment. Anybody else? What, which definition uh, goes down a few more? There's a, there's a verb, version of the word grace and all that stuff um which which steps out to you which yeah stands out to you and again replace it in that first line those first five words i would say the first one honestly the unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification for the unmerited divine assistance of god has appeared So grace is something that we don't deserve. 
God is not required to extend grace to us. But he has chosen to do so. And we don't deserve it. And that's not to beat any of us up. It's just simply, well, you know, think about your own life, man. When have you totally disregarded and disobeyed and disrespected your parents? Think of a moment when you did that, whether they knew about it or didn't. And then if they were to know about it, they would have every reason to bust you upside the head and say, get out of my house or whatever. But they've chosen to say, no, I will give you unmerited divine <laughs> assistance. Not divine, but unmerited grace and pardon and mercy. Hopefully they do. Yes, hopefully they do. I know mine did. And I was, what about you, Dylan and, and Isaac? You, you holding out on us? Your parents have never been good to you like that? So anyway, anyway, just think about that. And that's what God has done. We have a sick seal around the table tonight, so forgive us, folks. So anybody else, any, any one of these others, look at it, look at a temporary exemption, a reprieve, for the reprieve of God has appeared. A virtue coming from God. For the virtue coming from God has appeared. You want to help him out, Dylan? Hurry, he's going to beat you there, man. So we don't want we've spent some time there. It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. And salvation, what uh, I mean, generally speaking, in a in layman's terms, whatever, what is salvation? Uh, just how, how would you define or how would I define salvation? Going to heaven. Going to heaven. What does it mean just generally in the most basic terms, salvation? Even even if it's not a biblical um Definition, but what does salvation mean? You, we are saved, rescued. We've been helped. We've been pulled out. Um, you know, some people say you are my salvation. Like someone came into somebody's life, like like say an addict, and they helped them get out of that. You are my salvation. You know that type of thing. So, a rescue. That's the word I was looking for. Rescue. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation slash rescue slash help slash uh, hope slash the ability to get above where you were to all people. Um, and this is what Jesus came to do. And this is what Jesus came to be for each of us, salvation. Um, and... And I guess, you know, the bottom line, too, is salvation to, and what's that word in between two and people? All, All people. And this, this is a 
departure and a challenge to the system at the time, the Jewish Roman, the, excuse me, the Jewish system, belief system that they were the only ones that could receive the favor right. and grace and blessing of God and could receive hope and eternity. And yet, Titus writes, as did Paul, as did Peter, as did James, as did many of the apostles, that this is salvation for everyone, not just a select few, not just the, the, the perfect, if you want to call it, in their minds. But then most of the Jews, don't even, they didn't even believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I mean, well, that's what Jews think today, mm -hmm. period. So, you know what I mean? It's true. Because he didn't line up with what they expected and hoped would be salvation. The Messiah. The promised one. The prophesied one. The Savior. Um, and so this was a hang-up for them. And even... After the fact, after Jesus had died and was resurrected and then ascended to heaven and the church began to come together and become the church and people were followers, the leaders had that whole debate. Are the Gentiles allowed to come in? Well, God is Jesus for them too. And Paul's like, yeah, what are you talking about? And they're, they got to be circumcised. And he's like, you're crazy. You're not doing that to people. It's an inward deal, not an outward deal. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, it's amazing. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Now, let me ask you this. Now we're going to move on. What's What are we being and what are all people to be saved and rescued from? Sin. sin. Exactly. And what is sin? Anything you do that doesn't honor God. Something that Anything that doesn't honor God. Yeah, I mean, just not being connected with God. There you go. Separation from God. Sin. And so, and this salvation to all people, this grace of God. And for those of you who are living in a cold climate, we think it's cold here and it's 50 degrees and we're shivering outside around here. And uh, we have we have hoodies on and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> You're a desert rat now, man. Come on. We all are. Our blood's thin. So this salvation, Jesus, this grace of God who brings us salvation, teaches us to, and, that, and look at this whole little segment here, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Let's pause. What would define ungodliness? What would define worldly passions? Anything that disconnects you from God. Uh, that could be pretty much anything, mm -hmm. really. Yep. It's whatever you put in front of God. There you go. Well done. Worldly passions, um, although passion in itself is not wrong, worldly passions... I believe, you know, we can go down the road of worldly passions, meaning I want to get what I want to get, and I don't care how I get it. And then whatever that is, money, people, relationships, fame, uh, material possessions, um, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll. I know that's cliche, but anything like that, man, anything that... Selfishness. 
Selfishness. There you go. Because all that is, is wrapped up in selfishness. You're right. So Jesus has come. The grace of God has come in Jesus to save us from these things, as Corey put it, that separate us from God. And and we may look at this as a negative, like, well, then you're not going to let me just be who I am and I can't have fun. Hold that thought. And then it says this, to live upright and godly lives in this present age. To say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and then to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. Um, so you have this comparison contrast. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation, rescue, saving from all this stuff that keeps us from God and all this stuff that will lead us down paths that can destroy us. Because we can be passionate about something, but it can also kill us. Whether it's sin or drugs or whatever. I mean, you know, we can... And, and, and when I say kill us, it could be physical, but it could be spiritual. Just completely yeah. kill us spiritually and emotionally and mentally, relationally, financially, um, physically, all that stuff. And so God has sent his son to rescue us from that stuff. So I'll shut up. What do you think, guys? Jump in. Or jump ahead, however you want to look at it. Do do what you need to do. Right. I like it when people talk about this because everyone has, I don't know, I guess different opinions about the do's and don'ts about Christianity. And like you said, oh, God doesn't want me to have fun. No, that's not it. He just doesn't want you to put anything in first in front of him. And um, I, that's just the way I kind of look at it. Like, uh, you know, yeah, you can go, you know, drink a beer or two, but God doesn't want you to get sloshed to do something where it doesn't, isn't part of his, you know, isn't part of his will. It's those kinds of things where I think people get a little too, um, I don't know, opinionated about what it means to... Um, be passionate or what I mean you could you could be just eating food I mean you you could have a problem with you know overeating or something like that and you know that could be what take you know mm -hmm. separates you from God I mean it can be too much iPad time or TV time or anything and it's just uh, I, I don't know I, I think it it comes down to a lot of personal issues I think that that you know become between you and between you and God so. and 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 I would jump in and say I mean everything you said is spot on and I think people need to hear that um, because the church and people of the church have started laying out lists that say this makes you a Christian or this doesn't make you a Christian. And then that turns people into, oh no, what did I do? You know, but God sent his God for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, rescue 
from these things that can destroy us, that can take our life away. Um, and we don't, we need to understand that God is for us, not against us. Uh, he created us. He wants to give us life. And so the things that you mentioned can suck the life out of us. And, uh, you know, whether it's drinking or whether it's TV, whether it's yeah. iPad, any technology. Well, I could sit here and tell you that drinking a soda pop every day is, is, right. is a sin because it's you're ruining your body. But is that true? Right. You know? Is God going to condemn you because you drink a Pepsi every day? Like, see, those are the kind of things right. that I think people get a little too opinionated about. Mm. Legalistic. Yeah. That's the word, man, is legalism. And, you know, we want Jesus didn't come for that. He came for a lot more than that. So. But I don't think it's saying you can't go have fun and you can't enjoy your favorite TV mm. show and, you know, things like that. It's, it's when... You delete God from your life, you know. All right. You put those. You put those things before Him. In moderation is what we need. Moderation is good, um, but God could call you to say, "Cut it out completely." Right. And are we willing to do that? Because that's where it goes on. And live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Um, this present age is crazy, and the stuff we can get engrossed in is just a myriad of things. I mean, just tons of stuff that we can get sucked up in. It's hard um, not to be selfish in this world. Yep. Because everyone else is, and it's yep. just like... And it's our default. You just want to be ignorant and be like, well, they're doing it, yep. they're doing it, so I'll do it too. And it's our default position anyway. Yeah. That's who we are naturally. We're sinful, and selfishness is that. And so, you know, this is what Jesus came for to help lead us through and above that, that base level of living that we are born into, which is, it's all about me. I'm God, essentially. And Jesus came to show, no, I'm God. I died on a cross. And, I, and God said, no, I, sent, I came to you in Jesus to show you what it means. I give you my best. And uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of people can argue that. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't buy it. And I don't want people say, oh, that's too deep and intense, man. I just want to get by. I just want to be nice. And I want God to be nice to me. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's kind of a boring, boring existence, man, being nice. Um, because it says here, while we wait for the blessed hope. And the blessed hope is that Jesus is coming back. Um, and we haven't talked a lot about that around this uh, table, but that Jesus is coming back for his church, which is made up of those who have claimed that he is Lord and Savior and that he rose, was raised from the dead and that he lives at the right hand of God the Father and he lives now and his Holy Spirit can live in us. Uh, that's who he can, it's coming back for. And... Uh, that delineates and differentiates from those who say, well, I believe in him. Right. Okay. So does Satan. Satan believes in God. Satan believes in Jesus, but he ain't, he's, he's done. He doesn't believe in him enough to worship him as God. He continues to want to be God. So, uh, you know, that's where we've got to move past and, and come to the place where we realize 
there is a God and I'm not him. The old Rudy saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, and there's that big word, who gave himself. And that's why I I propose that this is a can be a Christmas passage. Right. Because it's highlighted and brought out the writer writes that he gave himself for us. Didn't hold anything back. Gave his very best for us and us in 2019 means those of us around this table, those of us, those of us who are walking around, those who work in Domino's next door and in, in Starbucks at the Sinclair station here at Carl's Jr. across the way. He came for us at the T-Mobile or Verizon store here. God came for us, all of us, because up there it said needs salvation for all people. And this is the, yes. This is the most amazing and powerful gift that uh, we can experience, receive, and enjoy. Um, and then it goes on to say, to redeem us. What does redeem mean? To buy us back, to, to cash in and get us, and to redeem us from, and it says wickedness, and to purify us, to make us his own eager to do what is good. Uh, there's a lot going on in this passage. And we don't have time to, to dig in and explore it at the deep, deepest level, but he came for the grace of God has appeared that offers rescue and hope and help from ungodliness and worldly passions so we don't, so we don't waste our time and our lives, that we can live self-control, upright and godly lives in this present age before everybody else. You understand that we're called to stand out in this world, not just fit in. Because if we truly follow him, we are going to stand out because we don't track with everybody else. We don't think like everybody else. We don't speak like everybody else. We don't live like everybody else. We don't worship like everybody else. We worship God in Christ Jesus. And then again, to redeem us from all unwicked, he came to redeem us, to save us, to pull us out, to buy us back from all wickedness so that doesn't control us, and to purify for himself a people that are his very own. Again, we will stand out, we'll be different. Um, we're not called to fit in, we're called to live for him. And. It's easy for the church and Christianity to say, no, let's blend in and just really be kind and nice and sweet and let people, you know what, that's a bunch of junk. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's the challenge. Because, I mean, for someone who doesn't know God, I mean, this kind of ideal can be very um, overwhelming. And, you know, it's interesting that some people don't want God's grace. And probably because for that reason, they don't, they can't see themselves being, you know, what they feel like they can't be what God wants them to be. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think they back out. Or they just, like you said, they just go to church every Sunday just to go to church and say, I went today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's not that, you know, it, it, it is about living for God. And so uh, I, you know, I, I think it's really interesting. You have this great and wonderful thing here and yet people still shy away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's it's crazy that we're afraid to share it, you know. And we we feel like we're hand handcuffed or we're our hands are tied in how we do that. And I you know I'm challenged by that um, because this is it's amazing. It says at the end that we would be eager to do what is good, as opposed to hesitant, as opposed to well I don't know I don't want to be too good. <laughs> You know, I don't want to look too too nice or too holy or wait a minute. I don't want to be a nerd. Yeah, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be godly because that that makes me look too too good for people. But that's what we're called to do, and that's what God wants to do in us, so that we point people back to Him and, and point and direct people to Him. Right. So, so we're about to wrap it up. Correct. When's it shutting down? Is it done? Uh, no, no. All right. 40 so, seconds. huh? 40 seconds. All right. So you can edit that out of there. But anyway, there you go, folks. That's that's our that's our cast podcast for tonight. And uh, thanks for listening. And Merry Christmas.